the scene that really stood out to me was the Death Star run, specifically mm -hmm. once like Red Leader dies, like mm -hmm. the leader of the X-Wing group, mm -hmm. the music kicks in and right until the Death Star blows up, like mm -hmm. that's a perfect scene, like the editing, mm -hmm. VFX, the acting, like the tension. Yeah, you're I, literally as your scene. Hey gang, what do you get when you cross Darth Vader with an elephant? Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, what? An elevator. Ah, <laughs> pretty That's bad, right? Really bad. <laughs> I'm not yeah. on that level, <laughs> but uh, I, I kind of like it. Yeah, I, I do too. Jokes. <laughs> anyway, well, everyone, welcome to the very first episode of the Antimatter Movies podcast. I'm Jonathan. I'm Evan, and I'm David. <laughs> so we're filmmakers here, and we are talking about the movies that we love and that inspire us to get into this crazy business. You definitely have to love it. Oh, for oh, sure. It's long hours, you know, 12 hour days are usually pretty standard. Well, and it's it's like sprinting a marathon every day, pretty much. I agree. I'll say that people often come here to Hollywood. They think they're going to be big filmmakers or get into the industry within a year or two. No, it's 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 a lot of years. It's a lot of dedication. It's a lot of grueling work. But I, I wouldn't change it for for anything else, to be honest. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit of a backstory here, an origin story, if you may. I just turned 40 and I kind of did a retrospective. I drank a little bit, to be honest, and watched movies that I loved, trying to remember like what got me here in the mm -hmm. first place. And this is sort of like the spark that's uh, behind this podcast. So, um, yeah, if you end up liking what we do here, enjoy listening to us speak, talk, mishmash about movies, everything like that. Uh, please email us at antimattermovies at gmail.com. Leave comments, leave a positive review. Every little bit helps. So um, what are we going to talk about today? Well, you probably guessed from the initial mm -hmm. pun. We're going to talk about Star Wars. Episode 4, A New Hope, or when it was first released in theaters, just Star Wars, or even going back to the original name of it, The Star Wars, you might Correct. say. Yes. So yeah, that's, that's crack open our drinks. Okay. What are, yep. Anybody want to talk at all about what they're having? Um, <laughs> or are we going to skip it till the next time? No, no, we're, we're going to talk about it now. So I, I like beer. I'm not going to drink alcoholic beer because I already kind of slur my words, I think. Mm -hmm. So no one wants that even more. So I am drinking it's an athletic brewing, their hazy IPA. It almost tastes like the real thing. Oh, that's unplanned. This is a hazy IPA as well. Oh, perfect. Nice. And nice. I'm going to have the boring LaCroix, but it's really All right. Hey, great. That's Cheers. why this is here. Mm -hmm. Cheers to the first episode, everyone. Is a hazy right. from Trustworthy. So. Mm. Ah, all the calories, none of the buzz. None of the fun. Yeah. None of the fun. That's yeah. what I say to him, too. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Star Wars. So like I said before. Love LaCroix. When it first came in theaters, mm -hmm. it was just Star Wars, and Lucas, I think, changed it for a re-release pretty soon after that was such a huge success. Mm -hmm. So he's been changing, I mean, the, the special editions are really nothing new. He's mm -hmm. been changing this movie over and over again. Yeah, actually, like, wasn't there maybe even, like, some other name to Star Wars before that? I know there was the... Maybe. Then... Oh, yeah, the original, like I said, right. script was called The Star yeah. Wars. But in development, I don't know. I'm sure there were. Yeah, um, because, because I, I think I think that I remember you telling me something about like uh, that Star Wars was supposed to be based on something else before, right? Uh, originally, were, yeah. I think he wanted to do like Buck Rogers, yes, or Flash Gordon or something like yeah. that, and you couldn't mm. get the rights. And that's kind of what I was referring to because yeah. like it really changed quite a lot once they couldn't get the rights, and then it became Star Wars. I yeah, I wonder just thinking out loud here whether because didn't. Um, in the Buck, what was the other? Buck Rogers. Buck Rogers. Mm -hmm. Didn't one of those guys wear a vest like Han wears almost? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's, so there's, there's a lot definitely of, some lifts. There's definitely yeah. a lot of influence from Buck Rogers, but. Yeah, but um, really fast, do you all remember the first time you saw it? Because I do. Uh, my dad had me watch all three of the movies like in a single weekend over mm -hmm. summer break when I was like oh, wow. eight or nine. And uh, it was really Return of the Jedi that really got me in the filmmaking, mm -hmm. but we'll, we'll discuss that the next one. But I. I remember thinking, this is really freaking weird. Mm -hmm. It really is actually a very strange movie when you really look at the beginning of it and the world building they had to do mm -hmm. to get it set up. So, I mean, for, for me personally, I don't really remember watching A New Hope as a kid. Right. I don't think it was the first one that I saw, but the first one that I saw definitely was the Ewok movie. Oh, 
Which, oh, God, so I, mean, I, I, was, I, I need I was a real kid. drink now. <laughs> I was a kid. I was a kid. I was maybe three or four years old or something. So for me, this was this was great. I loved like come on, walking little teddy bears. It's oh, awesome. They, I just there's so many. I love Star Wars in general. The world it just but oh my God, you so know, many creature fails in my opinion. My humble we, opinion. We uh, we started off really strong here, and I think the podcast is over now. Good job, David. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm As kidding. As you guys no. can tell, somebody any, any way you can get the Star Wars is King great. Star Wars. So. But anyways, one thing that yeah. I do want to mention, okay, I might not remember exactly seeing A New Hope for the first time, but the first thing that I do think that really, really inspired me to really become a fan of the Star Wars franchise was the music, because my parents oh, used yeah. to play the John Williams score over and mm-hmm. over again, and that was so epic that it just stuck in my mind. I, I don't think mm. a lot of movies nowadays have those kind of soundtracks like like back in the 70s and 80s. Or emulate like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you bring up a great point because like I just, and I'm thinking of it, how affected I was mm-hmm. by the music more so than any movie that I had probably mm-hmm. experienced. I'm just thinking, mm-hmm. I didn't think about this before even this podcast is mm-hmm. that's probably one of the first scores that like I recognized mm-hmm. that, like meant something and so yeah. emotional too. The way how could yeah. you not? One thing that always, I keep reminding myself about this of John Williams is that, you know, he was married before uh, and she passed away and she passed away before he composed Jaws or Star Wars. And oh, I think wow. that oh, wow. this person you shared your life with never got to live to see you like become the legend you are. I mean, no That's one's ever going to forget John Williams. Like he is the most famous film composer of all time. Yeah. Hands down. I mean, I went, I went to Universal recently and honestly, most of the music you hear around you is John Williams. All oh, day yeah. Long. yeah. I hope people get paid for that. Speaking mm-hmm. as artists, yeah. now that yeah. I think of that, you know, what's funny you remind me is um, I listen to film scores all the time when I'm driving and whenever friends would come, like I'd be driving them and I, they put on my music. They're like, I always feel like I'm in a theme park attraction <laughs> right with you, Jonathan. Cause oh, it's always John Williams or Hans Zimmer yeah. or something like that and everything. But yeah. uh, Evan, your turn. When did you first see it? Oh God, my mom's boyfriend. I don't know if he had the title or not <laughs> at the time. Joe uh, was like, he had, um, I don't know whether he had it on uh, what format he had it or whether it was on cable, but I got to see it at his house. I was staying up late and mm-hmm. we were staying over. Sorry, mm-hmm. mom. Um, and uh, I just remember sitting, I was sitting there alone, which was an mm-hmm. interesting way to see okay. it uh, being, I might've been, oh, 11 10 mm-hmm. something like that. And I was just like, what is this? I was yeah. blown. I was blown away. I was yeah. sincerely. But I, blown I do away. think also for myself personally though, like, I loved the special effects and all that as a kid, mm-hmm. but I think that some of the plot points I totally missed. Oh, like it, it took there's me a little while because some of it is oh, a little yeah. bit political, and you know it is a war, you know. So yeah, it's definitely influenced by the mm-hmm. Vietnam War and everything mm-hmm. like that. So I actually have a question. Mm-hmm. Okay, if what's I the may, question? Go ahead. You, some of us are more well versed yeah. in this than others. Uh, John, particularly the minutia uh, of the world. Um, when I was watching. Uh, the opening credits scroll by two things occurred to me one Mm. was oh I wonder if he knew at that point because we're getting a lot of exposition Mm. we're getting a lot of if he knew this would be out of order or he was planning you know like I wonder I would like to know if you know and then the second thing was it says it's a civil war Mm -hmm. which would mean that the empire and th- that everybody was kind of one at one point. So I, I, that never hit me before, but as an adult and as a Buddhist, I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. It was a civil war. Mm-hmm. I never thought about it. And I never, anyway. Mm, yeah. It makes sense. Well, I know originally he had written the th- original three movies as like one and mm-hmm. it was too long. Obviously 600 pages. Yeah. yeah. It was insane and everything like that. So he broke it up for sure. Yeah. Um, I think he had some of the pieces down for like what ended up becoming the prequels and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think from what I from what I researched, like it changed a lot. Like the name of the emperor changed. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, he wasn't supposed to be evil. He was just sort of like a figurehead. He was being more controlled by mm-hmm. like like a nobleman or something like that. Yeah. So it, mm. it changed a lot. So like no, the but, idea when they say like, oh, mm-hmm. he planned it all out. He didn't really plan it out. Yeah. He kind of had an idea. Do you think he discovered that he was kind of like the moral compass, the 180 opposite of like Yoda in the in the story, so to speak? You mean the emperor is like the opposite of Yoda? Yeah. I think he eventually figured it out. And then, of course, it goes back to the balance of the yeah. force he talked about in the prequels. Right, everything is yin But in, in the first movie, we don't really see the emperor. No, no we, he, he speaks only about one. Him. No, we yeah, talk about it. He talks about it. Yeah, yeah. Grand Moff Tarkin comes in and says, mm-hmm. uh, the emperor's dissolved the Senate and stuff like that. Yes. So, 
then the last vestiges of the old republic are now gone. I'm paraphrasing here, of course, and stuff like that. But <laughs> isn't there a he will not be pleased or something like that mm-hmm. in there somewhere too? Yeah, it was I think there's something, something like that. Like that. Yeah, but um, I, I do appreciate though, like how theatrical a lot of the acting is. The oh film. yeah, <laughs> so many theater actors. Too. Yeah, yeah. I, I always forget Carrie Fisher has like a fake British accent in yeah. some parts. Yes. It's like, and she talked about it. And she's like, didn't know what to do with. Mm-hmm. I think what they were going for was like. Mm-hmm. All like the British actors were gonna ha- were gonna be more like the higher ranks and stuff oh. like that. Mm-hmm. Then like the Americans were gonna be more like okay. the lowbrow kind of thing. That was totally lost on me. That's what I yeah. kind of gathered from it. Then, then you also got to be pretty amazed at how like a lot of it is very reminiscent of World War Two because of the whole organization. Oh yeah. The, oh very the, Nazi. The, the, the yes. costumes. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Darth Vader. Uh, Darth Vader and the, yeah, the stormtrooper I mean, stuff like that. Even yeah. the name Darth Vader. Stormtrooper. German. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Dar- Darth SS. Vader. Yeah. You know. Vader. Father. Yeah. Oh Vader. Vader. Oh. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But just blew my mind. Although at the time when they filmed this, I mean, Darth Vader wasn't Luke's father. It was still up in the air kind of thing. Yeah. Still like maybe he was like the father of all the. So they live yeah, in the yeah, troops, yeah. or I don't know, something like so that. Our, but that's kind of cool. German cool. friends live in, in Vaderland, mm-hmm. if we Dutch, The Dutch. Oh, Vader. Oh, okay. I okay. believe how it said. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. But um, when, when I rewatched it, I, I'd forgotten how it does look a little cheap, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> Which part? Like, oh, like, which thing like, stuck you, out you the most? Tell, we'll see the George. You could tell. These are props they grabbed and made somewhere or something like that. Yeah. But that's that's part of the, I forgot how charming it was because of that. And really, mm-hmm. it's a good like gap, a good bridge from like the 1950s sci-fi, mm-hmm. like, you know, or even Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Planet. Stuff on monofilament line. Oh, yeah. It's all <laughs> yeah. like fake looking. But and then it bridges the gap from from then into oh, what created the whole it transition looked, into modern science fiction yeah. blockbuster stuff. It looked great as a kid. Yeah, for yeah. what it was, you yeah. were just like, "Oh my god!" Now this time, looking back, yeah. I watched it yesterday, um, and I was actually mm-hmm. pretty happy that I wasn't displeased. So, yeah. like yeah. in the opening sequence, and you see the ship coming overhead, and you see, mm-hmm. okay, I see that the lasers don't look great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the ship still looked pretty yeah. dang good. But there is a- and the and the worlds. Go ahead. I was gonna say there is a big, big leap in the visual effects between. Uh, like the first uh, yeah, and the second, or yeah, well, the fourth and, back, the, and then you hope, <laughs> yeah. Like it's 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 pretty mind blowing. It's how much money. <laughs> it's having well, more money. <laughs> well, and then also, if you think about it, as we kick the soccer ball around, as it were, all the people that were on it then had that under their belt mm-hmm. and could take that, and then on the next one that they were filming, yes, regardless of where it was in the chron- chronology. Uh, uh, put all that and expand upon everything mm-hmm. technologically that they yes. just did. Like the, I mean, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was one of the first to use VFX, matte paintings and models, like to use several everything things at, at once. To, oh, to revolutionize achieve, everything. Right? Like that, yeah. Um, so the budget for the original was $11 million. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine wow. what that would be yeah. today? In today's day, it grossed $775 million, which is like wow. way higher. And then, then Empire Strikes Back Sorry. is... Producer vibes here. That's like, yeah. wow. $770 million on 11? <laughs> and the budget for Empire Strikes Back was 30.5. So it's three times Double. the budget. Okay. Three times 10 to three. Yes. You, you never finished grade school, did you? Ever? I, I went to public <laughs> school, my friend. That's my so joke. Did, so did I. But I, how did I turn but out so, so, so now, now that we were kind of speaking about the effects, that kind of brings the question, what's better, practical effects or VFX? We have interesting views uh, on this. I would say practical enhanced by VFX. Mm-hmm. Is yes. probably the, the preference is always to do. Yeah. We've always Jonathan and I have always wanted to, and I'm sure yeah. you're probably very similar. I I, I definitely agree, but also like I, I can I, I want to talk more about those VFX because of the 2004 DVD, and then again they remastered it in 2011, and they they retouched the VFX multiple times, and even tried to better whatever was in the 2004 edition. Yeah. It's like don't just just, just I'm a purist. Yeah. yeah. Well, well. Spoiler: I watched a despecialized edition of that. So did that's what well. he yeah, said. You, you watched the. Uh, yeah, I watched yeah. A, a clip on YouTube that had the the despecialized yeah. shots vs the the new VFX, and it was yeah. showing the differences between 2004 2011. Mm. And then they they even had um, the original scene of Jabba the Hutt that was not even in the original. Yes, that's where you're taking too much liberty in my yeah, opinion. yeah, because it was it was a guy they filmed originally, they yeah. cut it, and then thank God they cut it because then we had the real Jabba the Hutt and Return of the Jedi, which looked yeah. awesome. But, it, but it, it's kind of 
they kind of needed to have that Jabba the Hutt in the first and uh, in, in the New Hope because then in Return of the Jedi he is such an important part that I don't think if they didn't introduce him it, maybe people might have been confused I mean well, I guess in those days they maybe, hadn't maybe. introduced him oh I just looked up guys sorry it wasn't Buck Rogers he wanted to do it was Flash Gordon actually okay Flash makes Gordon. more sense okay yeah that's who ironically that's who I was or not ironically but the, oddly that's who I was thinking of visually yeah uh, and actually that's a whole other thing that we'll have to talk about off air mm-hmm. uh there's a really interesting backstory to the whole Flash Gordon thing. Mm, cool. uh, what do you guys think about the acting in it? Oh, it's what's the night? How do you say? Uh, how do you say uh, passable? It's a it's it's a high school level. Yeah, like uh, the Alec Guinness. I mean, Alec Guinness. Look, they had some great. Hey, James Earl Jones. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that was like a voice. It's like asking somebody. Like how good the ice cream tasted when you were a kid. Like yeah, you, because, how, because how they, good just a memory taste. Well, the, the thing is, did did he come on right from the beginning, or did they edit the film and they're like, mm, I don't really like the voice. The, the, the plan was, I think, to, the plan was to originally redub him because yeah. you listen, okay. there's, there's, they do have scenes online where you can listen to <gasps> yes. David Prowse's performance, and it's like the guy who actually was physically Darth Vader. No, it would have been sorry. Terrible. It doesn't work. I, yeah, can we, I just can yeah. I for a moment? Can I take us on like a total? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that means me saying, can I take us off roading for a second? <laughs> Wouldn't it be a great SNL or otherwise sketch of like it's it's um, it's Darth Vader coming in, entering the scene and whatever. But instead of James Earl Jones's voice. It's his voice, no. <laughs> and it's like that would be fun. I am not pleased with you. Like it's yeah. a really horrid voice. Yeah, yeah, it, it didn't work. But honestly, I think all the acting was pretty solid for what it was. I mean, look at Alec Guinness for what it was. Yeah. Absolutely, his performance. Even like knowing what we know, what happens in the prequels, like when Alec Guinness says, "It's like I don't recall ever owning a droid," and the way he says it, and the look on his face when he first hears about the mm-hmm. droids, like there's something going on there, like a memory happening. He's got moments, like. Yeah. And it's so surprising. I'll be I'll be honest. I feel that C three PO did steal the show. Oh, Anthony yeah. Daniels. He's so funny. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I mean, he was almost yeah. yeah. He, you follow him for quite the bit. He's really the the POV for for the beginning. Yeah. Of the he's film, kind of you know. I wonder if he's. I haven't read. Have you read the screenplay? I haven't read yeah, it ever a long time ago. But really, I mean, uh, there there's. Um, Is he the audience for us? Is yeah, he the basically. audience participator. Yeah, I feel like he might be because basically there's a film called was it uh, Hidden Fortress at a Kurokurosada okay. the samurai film mm-hmm. and they have two peasants in there. That were sort of like the proto versions of like oh our droids uh, yeah and they really are introduction too when you go through like they we spent a good like what 15 hey, minutes with them yeah he yeah. correct me if i'm wrong i think the first dialogue spoken is c it is c3po yeah. yeah. right yeah 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 and even r2d2 is so cute it's saying, like, yeah. still doing noises something. yeah 100 for and he has sure so much personality it's like, come on like play the recording play the whole of recording he's like no it's not for him you know yeah it's, like, it's kind of cool. Like, I don't know the way that they did it. And they established that there's different... The, the, he establishes... I don't know if he really, really planned it, but it's great from a filmmaking point of view. He establishes that he gets you immediately used to the fact that like, here's R2, yeah. this is the way he speaks. So that when mm-hmm. Chewbacca comes in, we're like, oh, okay, this is the way this guy speaks. And this mm-hmm. is the way... And it just... It acclimates you. Yeah. yeah. And when I was it's watching it, it's F. What I really understood is like how important once they land on Tatooine, the desert planet. Yes. And they're going through and like, it seems like nothing's really happening, but they're building the world. It's like you have two robots who are mm-hmm. people, you're people. They are people basically mm-hmm. you're empathizing with. Yeah. They go with the Jawas and seeing all the inner droids and the sand crawler. And it's a slow buildup to understand. And then once Luke and his, his uncle show up, it's like, okay, there's humans again. And then getting into the, the cantina, mm-hmm. where you find Harrison Ford and stuff like that. Without that whole thing, like you just get dropped in there. And I think a lot of movies these days don't do enough slow, bit of a slow burn in, mm-hmm. in building this world out. Because we take Star Wars for granted, like, oh, we know this stuff. But without that initial like 20 minutes or so in the beginning, def- you have nothing. They definitely have the three-act structure. I was just going to ask. It's pretty mm-hmm. amazing. And I, I love, too, that... Where are we you, at 10 pages? Sorry. At 10 pages? Yeah. Oh, I... Yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think they're still. I'm curious. I think, I think Luke. Where would we be? Uh, they're still like in. wandering through. So we're Luke past- doesn't show up until like 15 minutes, give or take. Yeah, I don't it's, know. it's a pretty exactly. long time. So we're, and we're over the firefight in the corridor mm-hmm. in the hallway. Yeah. yeah. Huh. 
anyway, sorry. Yeah, I'm I wouldn't. Sorry. I wouldn't know exactly, but but I, I do feel like it, it is. It is really fun, and also the fact too that you get to see in those different acts, you get to see Tatooine, you get to see the inside of the Death Star, and mm-hmm. then you get to see the outside of the Death Star too, mm-hmm. which is kind of rare. Uh, I don't know. I, and, and there is definitely also a big, big crescendo too, like within from one to the other. Oh yeah. Um, well, I mean, when I watched, I think the scene that really stood out to me was the Death Star run, specifically mm-hmm. once like Red Leader dies, like mm-hmm. the leader of the X-Wing group, mm-hmm. the music kicks in and right until the Death Star blows up, like mm-hmm. that's a perfect scene, like the editing, mm-hmm. VFX, the acting, like the tension. Yeah, You're I, literally edge of your seat. Yeah. yeah, I know what happens in it, but I'm rewatching it, like for the first, it's probably been almost 10 years since I really saw it, because mm-hmm. I was so disgusted by like, the Blu-ray releases in special edition, but I watched it, I'm like, and it, I forgot how good it was. And, but, but I'll say <laughs> something too, like, there's something kind of strange too about the fact that there is a sort of point that they have to hit to destroy the whole Death Star in one go. And that's kind of strange, I think. Like, is it kind of saying that they're supposed to be kind of dumb? But at it, the same well, time, yeah, they, now they make... It means the but, guy that designed it, really. No, but, but, but my point is that they are, nowadays they kind of make fun of the Stormtroopers because they always mm-hmm, miss. Mm-hmm. But I think in the beginning of this film, in The New Hope, there's they're not... They're not missing as much. They're actually hitting. The <laughs> so are you're hitting. positing that stormtroopers were better shots and X-wing fighters were better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean they, they do. They do. <laughs> I well, love that. Well, first of all, David, anytime there's a plot hole in a movie, all you got to remember is the reason why it happens that way. Is that's what was written in the script. Exactly. That and, explains everything. But I think and, and I think Rogue One was really. An excuse oh, to make no. sense of the plot hole because have, have you guys all seen Rogue One? Yes, I have. I have. They explain why there was a defect in there, which is like, okay, guys. I mean, it kind of made sense, but I yeah. feel like we just should have gotten an apology letter in the mail. Yeah. Well, I'll just say that nobody <laughs> else could have done it but Luke Skywalker because he had to use the Force. Like he literally takes yeah. away the you know the, the thing that helps him to. to I got emotional then, where it's yeah. just like he and like, well, <laughs> you know, the funny thing is like you got this this farm boy who shows up at the rebel base and like. Okay, let's give them an X-wing. Mm-hmm. I mean, are they desperate or are they must have been desperate? Mm-hmm. They didn't have many people there, but it's just like they they got to do what they got to do. Mm-hmm. So the fact that like here's our last chance, I'm like I'm gonna ignore the targeting computer and just trust my gut. Like okay, and also you knew his buddy was gonna die the moment he says, "Hey, we'll talk about and reminisce about old stuff once yeah. we get back." From no, this we mission. won't. He might as well have been wearing a red 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 vest, red shirt, <laughs> red shirt yeah. Star Trek. Yes. Oh man. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, so, there were. Things that were definitely sorry in there, uh, even going back to uh, like everything, music, everything, characters, blah, blah. There's stuff that, that is definitely in there for kids. And then there's there's stuff that, that I think that they yeah. tried to like, oh, OK, we know you're going to watch it as an adult, too. I'm going to argue that, you know, Lucas and a bunch of other people say it's for kids. I, I don't, don't think, think it's a kid's I don't movie. I think so, because when the guy gets his arm cut off in the cantina by, by Obi-Wan, there's blood everywhere. By the way, violent. great music. What about Sorry. Luke yeah. Skywalker's parents or adopted They're parents? Bird, yeah. yeah. You see their, 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 their charred kids. bones. You see their bones and everything. I know. Yeah. And poor kids living with this aunt and his uncle. We don't even know what they harvest. Uh-huh. We don't know what they grow. Water. What do they grow? It's water. Moisture farmers. Is that yeah. what they really are? Yeah, yeah. water. I literally, it's, it's had, world, my so. hand to God, I literally never knew that. Which is sort of a homage or a ripoff, depending on your perspective, the dune, mm-hmm. which takes place on a desert planet. So, mm-hmm. Or it's just like where we're going to be in well, like five years. Probably, yeah. Well, even, <laughs> I, I heard this a long time ago. I tried to confirm it for this podcast, but I couldn't find it. But they tried to make dune back in like the late 60s or okay, early 70s. before Star Wars, obviously. Yeah, and they built a lot of the sets, but they didn't go anywhere. I think they reused hmm. some of those sets and props. In, in you just for Tatooine, told oh, me on awesome. another podcast about other. So apparently, that's not that uncommon for. No, it's not. Them to use different sets no, for different not. movies. Yeah. Of course, I mean, I should know this. It. Yeah, having family, well, even like and Close Encounters and Jaws and yeah. all that. I think they reuse uh, an, a, a shot of Tie Fighters blowing up twice. In, oh, really? in their own so. movie, okay. in their own movie, yeah, <laughs> they borrowed it. We'll just do that a, one again. A Star Trek movie took a shot from a previous one of a of a ship blowing up and reused it. So like, they do it all the time. Actually. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a stand up that. I, oh, go but, ahead. Uh, um, the 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 theatrical release of Blade Runner, which had this horrible voiceover at the end, you see like a like a it's a helicopter shot of like four stuff like that. They they took it from uh, The Shining. They asked yeah. Sandy Kubrick, "Do we have? Do you no have any crap. We grab like okay, sure." Wow. Yeah. Ridiculous, yeah. right? Absolutely just, ridiculous. Just color corrected it differently or something. I think so a little bit yeah. to make it a little bit different. But you look at it, you can tell like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely, of course, no one should watch a theatrical version of Blade Runner. It's absolutely terrible. One thing that did can kind of make me giggle, mm-hmm. like when we were talking about like 
reusing footage and editing and all that is actually the editing of Star Wars where they use all of these cross dissolves in between scenes. I always forget about more ob- it's not I, obvious. It's You know what? I tell you just said that. I totally I just always forgave that. Yeah, yeah. in modern Star Wars it's not as obvious, but this mm-hmm. one is super no, there's like, obvious. I mean, there's side wipes, yeah. there's X dissolves, there's Did yes, you guys watch the, the sure. last episode of uh, the Mandalorian like season three? Really bad soap. No, oh, yeah. I, didn't. no I didn't. They just shot at the end. I won't spoil it, but at the end they just literally do like a pinhole like they they Oh God! Dissolve no. into, a, into a, a vignette, like a vignette somewhere, just highlighting two of the characters. Like I'm someone like, passing out. Yeah, it's like oh not no, passing out. No, it's just focusing on like okay, that's definitely old school, like Lucas Star Wars. Well, I, I can I can picture like some editor being like, let's make it look futuristic. We'll do all these like cool swipes that people aren't used to. It's yeah. gonna be so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> but going back to the uh, aunt and uncle being dead, when Luke finds his home basically set afire, that is almost taken pretty close to the shot from the Searchers when John Wayne finds his brother and his family killed by Native Americans. Like the, the way it's okay. framed and shot, same I same have thing. to take your word for same that, thing, but yeah. I'm trusting your notes. Well, I, I've watched <laughs> a lot of these movies, so I remember watching I that I haven't a while seen ago. The Searchers. There's actually classics that I haven't seen, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's Star good, Wars. Movie, yeah, the a new Hope shot's is. also very famous too of The Searchers. It's There's almost so much shots, borrowed so. too. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. even Star Wars. Yeah. But, but I mean, the look of Star Wars is just crazy. I mean, I don't think anyone ever has seen anything like it before. Well, I think he, I mean, he mixed a lot of pop culture and different cultures mm-hmm. within it. I mean, the Jedis feel almost Japanese with their There's swords. Oh, for sure. And even the way that, the ways that they're dressed with, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Space wizards. Yeah, exactly. Well, do you guys know who Ralph McQuarrie was? Wait. Who? Do I? He's, he's, I'll, 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 you know, yeah. I'll just say it Is now. Is he the artist? He's the artist. He's That's the concept artist. Okay. Yeah, he, can you imagine reading the Star Wars script and be like, Oh, I'll okay. just make a land cruiser. I don't understand this at all. And then this guy comes in there and creates the world, basically. It's he creates an amazing book. Yeah, all this artwork and stuff like that. Yeah. But some, some of it is actually genius in its simplicity. Like kind of when Luke looks at the sunset. Mm-hmm. And then it's famous, two. Famous, famous shot. It's, yeah. It's, yeah it's, With the... The two sons. Yeah. And it's so simple. And and I think I remember you telling me that this was done with the lenses, right? It was like a reflection or something like that they did. I forget how mm, it was done, but it, it's not like matte painting or anything like that because it, it looks real. So, so it, it's the same sun reflected. I believe so, yeah. skewed yeah. or yeah. something. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know. It's a beautiful shot. shot. It's crazy how they did memory. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he uh, I mean, Darth Vader wasn't supposed to be in the suit the whole time originally. Oh, really? But uh, the original, one of the original drafts of the script was it called for Darth Vader to like enter into that ship at the beginning, not through like a bridge or a corridor from his ship, from the Star Destroyer. He was going to enter in like from space, basically. He was going to wear a space suit. And so when he designed that suit, it looked so cool. They're like, okay, he's going to keep it on. And then they came up with the, and then. Um, the breathing thing. Yeah. Then uh, the sound designer, mm-hmm. uh, Ben Burt, I'll look him up in a second. He did, it was a scuba dive, he, mm-hmm. him breathing into scuba diver mask oh, and stuff like that. And can you imagine like if Darth Vader had taken his helmet off, it'd so, been like it's crazy. Such a, I mean, talk about lucking out too, mm. because that's such a cool, like he gets credit for that as a story element, as something that he wrote. Mm-hmm. And yet that's, and it's such an integral uh, part of everything mm-hmm. that I dug about the whole story. Yeah. Uh, was him being cut off from the world, but both choosing yeah. that as well as guarding himself. Mm-hmm. And then you can't see his identity. So he's not human, even though he's, mm-hmm. it's like, and he, he gets to have all the credit for that as if, mm. wow. as if it was all him. Yeah. Right. Like, ben Burt. Yeah. He did the sound design. I didn't know he actually edited all the Star Wars prequels as well, but he uh, created mm-hmm. the voice of R2D2. The mm-hmm. lightsaber hum was him. The sound of the blaster guns. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. The breathing out. R2 and the, wow. like that alone. Yeah, R2 and the yeah. blaster yeah. guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he also did the uh, performance for Wally actually in the, in the movie. Yeah. This well, sounds like this okay. the, the thing that like I don't know how old he is. He's got to be what eighties, seventy, late seventies, early eighties. Seventy four. Seventy four. Okay. Yeah. So I don't he know. Was if he's very a, young. Yeah. I don't know if he's a drinking man, but I bet you he says, "I'll tell you what, <laughs> there have been a flipping Star Wars blaster gun." Me. I did a little guy, the you little know, garbage can. Me. Your entire childhood. Me. Exactly. <laughs> oh, did you know that they used? <laughs> did you know they used? Did you tell me this? Or did they? What? They used a, a steel galvanized garbage can as R two stand in. I believe it. Yeah, I believe they it. literally oh, wow. did with blue paint. No, on. I never blue, heard that. blue tape. Sorry, yeah, that's with blue painters tape, and they they'd bring in the because it was the exact height of R two. Oh, that's and funny. Oh, wow. Who was that? Kenny Baker. Kenny okay. Baker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of sound design, what are the, the Jawas saying? 
Oh, I don't Wait, remember what? this, but I know there's a, it's a oh, teeny. That's what they're saying. Oh, I don't. I yeah, U T I N N I. I know oh, that because I used to play the Star Wars like trading card game back okay. a while, like twenty something years ago, and that was one of the cards. Utini. Oh, oh, so it was written on the card. It was written on the card. I dated yeah. an Armenian girl that ordered a drink like that. <laughs> well, I don't want you to understand. Are you being serious or is that a I'm joke or what? Totally joking. Okay. Utini. Utini. Well, I want also bring since it's it's a it's a movie that's technically in the past, but it feels like the future. But what future technology did they actually get right? Because there's holograms, for example. What's the holograms are coming. Well, they had FaceTime, right? Basically, yeah, basically FaceTime going on there. Still waiting for that lightsaber to get made. Oh, um, God. I'm, what did it get right? It's, it's all. It, it, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't consider Star Wars to even be science fiction. It's, it's just straight. I think up elevators existed. Yeah, it's so fantasy. I don't That's think getting up from the garbage compactor was yeah. that big a deal. Yeah, I mean, we do we do we have any? I guess we don't have anything that flies. If we wait a way. minute, yeah. we've got R two and and, and C three PO. We do have. We're the really AI, close. AI, yeah. We're very AI close. Is getting very very close. And right? the robot dogs. So we're, we're yeah, pretty we'll close. We'll see. Um, so here here's a hot take. Do you think? Star Wars ruined the movie industry because when you think about it, in what Jaws, way? Jaws was the first blockbuster, and then Star Wars really cemented it. And it was the idea that no one ever realized before you could make money off merchandising stuff. Oh, they were huge with that. And you know what? Um, and he retained. He made more money. Go Lu ahead. Lucas took a pay cut. He's like, yeah. "All right, don't pay me as much, guys, but I want to own the IP, the intellectual property, and the merchandising." And the studio's like, "Okay, outright. sure, all of it, all of it, yeah, all of it." He made like his. I think he made like a half a billion dollars. Oh, did they start the toy line right away in '77? When I the think they did probably that, had to. And I know my ex Sarah was telling me about it when she worked for um, McDonald's and did tie-ins for one of the newer ones ages okay. ago. Now ages ago, but yeah, they they. They had merch tie-ins on uh, food, on fast mm. food, almost immediately. They had 1978 glasses. was the first uh, Star Wars action figure. So one like. year okay, later. So one year they later. Did, they didn't, well, so they didn't realize. Look back then, probably still out in theaters. Well, I, yeah. If, if, oh, if, yeah, it was. If it came out in 78, it means they must have started the designs in 77. No, no, in 77 was came. when it was released. No, that's what I'm saying, the toys. Oh, the toys in 78. Oh, yeah, they had a design. You know, it design. takes a while to get yeah, a design. Yeah. So they must have started a really long time ago. Oh, same thing with Baby Yoda. They didn't realize Baby Yoda was going to be a huge thing. Yeah. I'm going to step off screen for a second to give Jonathan something. What? Uh-oh. What has he got? I was working at a restaurant. Okay. And somebody at the bar insisted oh, wow. that I take that, and they drew that at the restaurant. And I was like, That's I don't know who that. to Not give so this bad. to. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can we see that? Nor who to credit it to. Okay. But, but I was that, like, That's cool. That doesn't one, look like baby Yoda, though. That's oh. actually Yoda. That this is, is actually, actually supposed Yoda. to be Yoda. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I was like, I'll give it to Star Wars fan number one here. <laughs> I'm a bit of a Star Wars fan. Well, you know, I don't know if Lucas is a Star Wars fan, actually. Uh, well, it's, it's a good segment. Good, good yeah, good segment uh, crossover right there. Very fluid in how we're transitioning here. Um, <laughs> he, people I, would say he isn't because he redid stuff. Yeah. Well, around the same time, Spielberg made Close Encounters of the Third Kind, mm -hmm. and they both believed the other one's movie was going to do better. In fact, they made a bet. The bet was okay. whoever. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Whoever made the most money had to pay the loser 1% of their profits off that movie and he's okay. still getting paid oh yeah well i mean not anymore because after he sold it to disney but yeah so basically the entire time of uh, star wars until he sold it to disney mm -hmm. <laughs> spielberg's making one percent so, okay he if he sold so what he sold star wars to disney for 4.4 billion dollars billion, or something four or like five. that yeah. so we're looking at what 44 billion 44 million dollars right that's there like that's that's that's, that's a hell of a friend bet i think my math was good there yeah yeah, well, one but thing geez. too. One thing too um, that I just tilted about, like when you're talking about Lucas and all that, is the fact also that prior to Star Wars, Star Wars, he made THX one one three eight. Oh, Robert Duvall, the legendary yes. Robert Duvall. And I feel like there's quite a lot of similarities between uh, THX and Star Wars in some way too. Did he? Where did he use the the license plate? He used it in some one of his other movies. American Graffiti. Right. Yeah, I was in there. Well, yeah. T-Trex 113 is way weirder than Star Wars. It's a it, strange it movie. It is, but he, he does refer like, to it in the in Star Wars too. He sells he says cell block one one three at one point yeah. too. Well, which you is know, cool. I I heard um, Lucas is still making movies right now, but what? no, 
He's not sharing them. He's not showing them only to friends and like close friends and family. Is he going to do a he, dump and just no, like, no? Well, probably after he dies, and if it ever, he might not even want people to see it because I think we don't even know if they're going to be good. Well, it's all subjective because he he's more, <clears throat> and T, you can see it in THX one one three if you ever see it. He's more um, like pure cinema mindset. Like he, mm-hmm. and pure cinema is more like what do you get when you have images and you cut them together in a certain way? Ignore writing, ignore acting, ignore music, ignore everything well, basically. And really, I, I always feel like, mm-hmm. you know, Lucas, ever compare Lucas and Spielberg to each other? I think Lucas is more like, like Terrence Malick actually in a way. So you're, you would, you're, you're suggesting that or saying that he set out to make films and what he did was made one of the best movies of all time. Oh yeah, even um, Francis Ford Coppola, who they're all friends with, mm-hmm. um, he said that whatever money you know, Hollywood and Lucas made off of Star Wars. It's a fraction. I'm paraphrasing here. It's a fraction of what we lost in George Lucas, the filmmaker. But yeah, I would say that Lucas is, you know, people compare Lucas to like Spielberg and stuff like that. But I think he's more like Terrence Malick. He wants to do more artsy stuff and leave it more to interpretation and stuff like that. And you see a little bit of it in some mm-hmm. of the, like even like he talks about Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan says to, to Luke and stuff like that. It's open to interpretation. So he doesn't want it to be clear cut. Um, even though that's what he ended up becoming with the Star Wars movies, and well, most like Buddhist ethos and and you know teachings and uh, actually a lot of spiritual stuff is is really open to interpretation. It points you in a certain direction, but it asks you to make some choices, much like free will in Christianity and in Judeo Christian mm-hmm. ethic. Um, so, so is he Buddhist? He describes himself. He, he's described himself as, as Buddhist Methodist or like Methodist okay. Buddhist. So some Christianity oh. mixing with Buddhism, which you can feel in Star Wars and stuff like oh, that. Oh, I mean, Star Wars is all about. I mean, it's the light and the dark, the yin and the yang. The, yeah, yeah, you know, nobody. Darth Vader wasn't. His outfit wasn't white. Mm-hmm. Let's be yeah. honest. If we're going back to even mm-hmm. the cowboy, yeah, don't go know. to the dark side. Like, yeah. Although yeah. well, as Star Wars has gone on, even before he sold it to Disney, I feel like he started to like start, you know, muddling the black and white, making it a little bit grayer here and there, very, mm-hmm. very slightly. He's like, we need something cute here, like a yeah. bear or a. Uh, well, I mean, if if you look at the original, uh, like when they go to the bar scene where they they meet Han Solo for the first Great time. Great music, by the way. I, I know that in the... In <laughs> once, <laughs> well, once again, once they, they they redid the VFX, they did change quite a lot of the aliens inside the bar. Yeah. A bunch of them. Yeah. But if you do look at the original ones, it is kind of weird. For example, there's a wolf man. And it's yes, de- yes. It's definitely a wolf man. Oh, I It's yeah. not an alien. That. And a lot of the aliens yeah. do... Like, they just couldn't get enough they were, they were reusing everything. Yeah, they were just reusing stuff. And I think they didn't... They were like, oh, that looks alien enough. Let's let's Put do him in that. The far back, but then it just didn't feel right. It felt more like horror, and I think just with time, he just realized mm. that was maybe like a mistake. And let's let's make it that more. I would get behind. Uh, yeah, that they, sounds they, they like a mistake. Put, they should have put Freddy Krueger in it. Yeah, uh, if you got yeah, a no, vampire, you, you, you got a zombie, legend. and a what? I I couldn't uh, get confirmation on this, but apparently, mm-hmm. supposedly, Mark Hamill and Robert England, who played. Freddy, Freddy Krueger for roommates. Wow, and oh, interesting. He saw the auditions for Star Wars and he suggested to Mark Hamill, "Hey, you should go audition for this." And you know that's how it happened. But you know Mark Hamill, he's a super nerd. Mm-hmm. Like I listen to interviews. Oh, big time. Yeah, like he said he would go to like the library and look up like sci-fi stuff and everything. Like he was trying to like do internet <clears throat> surfing before. Oh, like wow. internet browsing anyway. Surfing is an old school term, but internet browsing before there was an internet actually. So. Bulletin board yeah. systems. Yeah, oh, he he read about super that. nerd. When you, like, when you listen to him, like he really cares about Star Wars. It's like there's all these like YouTube videos, like trying to say, look. Mark Hamill was warning us about the Last Jedi and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But it's like I don't want to get into the other movies. We're just focused on the first. Why one do you here. think Lucas took such a break in between making his first trilogy and then doing the second trilogy mm. twenty years I later? I think he was burned out. I mean, he complains For a lot about. Years? Uh, he, yeah, he complains a lot about the Star Wars movies and. Okay. There's got to be a lot of misgivings, especially if you saw yourself as an auteur and you mm. were embraced as a pop culture phenom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of stress there. Yeah, I mean, also and, just being as good as your first thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's well, he didn't direct the other two movies. What if he I make it and it comes out one. like art? Mm-hmm. and it yeah. fails what if I make it and it comes out like a movie and it fails like mm-hmm. I mean he had so many different ways he could have been disappointed and disappointed people yeah. I get it but I feel like like 
Star Wars is such a big brand that you would want to give it out to other people and right you'd want to share it well especially because I, I don't know because we you know we don't have the ability to mm-hmm. go back in time and talk about that mm-hmm. until maybe the next podcast yeah. but um <laughs> uh, but I was gonna say like the just the idea of the futurism I god I don't I don't know I don't even know where I was going to go with that. Futurism, what is used future kind of stuff? <laughs> it isn't really. F- well, I, I noticed this. It's like you have like the Empire, the, the mm-hmm. Star Destroyers, Death Star. It's like super futuristic. Is how we imagine the future mm-hmm. is going to look yes. like clean and crisp. And you have like Tatooine, you have the Rebels. It's mm-hmm. dirty, it's rough, it's everything. And I know the use, the use futurism was a huge influence on people. Even like really Scott said it like. That's how we designed Blade Runner was basically using Star Wars as sort of like the blueprint for how it's supposed to feel. It's supposed to feel more lived in. Yeah. But Blade Runner succeeded in making it feel more realistic, if you will, to me. Do you feel? I don't know. It did, yeah. But again, I mean, you you can feel like the propage, if that's a word. To to me, a lot lot of the stuff feels like homemade in Star Wars. Yes, that's that's the idea. Which works, actually. Millennium Falcon, I mean, that's... Falcon, exactly. Yeah, it's the the fastest ship in the universe. Yeah, yeah. And that's what what did it so well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think Blade Runner is probably more successful as you're talking about, because it is in our world, in theory, in the future and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So that could be it. It looks... they both look timeless in different ways to me. Mm-hmm. Not that we're, we'll talk about Blade Runner in another mm-hmm. segment. Why, why, yeah. do you th- why do you think they can't recreate the same kind of vibe with the new Star Wars as there was with the old ones? Because it is, it's kind of cool. Like there's these certain scenes, like you said, it builds up the story and then there's some adventure, mm-hmm. but I never feel that same kind of thing in the new ones. They're fighting memories. I well, think. I would Nostalgia. argue that the, the new ones have too much money. Mm-hmm. That Star Wars too. had nothing, so they had forced. to really push it to pull it together. But but it's weird. Like I looked that up. Like the crew didn't believe in it. Most of the act- I mean, Alec Guinness didn't believe in it. Most of the actors were like, "What what is this?" No one thought it was going to go anywhere. It was like a joke. Like, what are you working on? Yeah, a space movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're filming something in space. It's kind of crazy. They're getting shots that have to be done on screen. Yeah, so. right. And the crew didn't see any of the the no. models or the matte paintings or any of this. So they're like, yeah. What the flip I mean, am I doing? Have, yeah. It must have been a big mess to edit it. Like just looking oh at this God. stuff and somebody. Oh, have you guys heard about the stories no. of like the no. different cuts? No. It's so, like the first screening was a disaster. They screened it for a bunch of directors like Spielberg, De Palma, Coppola. Okay. They still had David Prowse's voice in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the opening crawl was like really long. And like Brian De Palma was like, let me help you turn that down. But apparently everyone was just like, this is not going to work. Mm-hmm. Everyone thought it was a complete disaster. And you know, Lucas's wife actually edited it uh, for oh, him. Wow. And they went through a lot of different things. And <clears throat> I think, well, she had a lot of the humor in there. Like I know there was a story where um, there was a screening of it. And when uh, Leia like gives Luke a kiss in the cheek before they swing across the, the chasm in the Death yeah, Star, mm-hmm. um, people laughed at it. And people thought, that Lucas thought people were laughing at him, and then she's like, "No, you got to keep it in there because this is a great moment. People love They're it. Human. It has heart, mm-hmm. yeah, human and stuff like really? that." So I, I thought it was kind of cheesy. I thought, "For good luck." Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of silly. But they're still playing into the cheesiness of like those old uh-huh. school like '50s serials of the '30s yeah. and '40s. Yeah. It makes you feel watched. like yeah. like less strong as a woman <laughs> somehow. And I'm just thinking of this right now. I think one of the most attractive things as a character about Han Solo is his humor. His like kind of wry. Oh yeah. Right? Like even more so like you can find a hero. Mm-hmm. You can find a, a reluctant hero in a story, of course. And he was that, but he was he was funny. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I feel like when I watched it this last time like everything's kind of serious, but you know, it's kind of funny with the droids and stuff like that and you're and oh, you're watching it. Yeah, you're watching it like what is, what is like? Am I supposed to take this seriously? What's up with this? Han yeah. Solo shows up. He's kind of making fun of it in a way. He's, he's more. Like, he's kind of a D word. Yeah, yeah. So it's time. like I think once he shows up, you're like, oh, it's okay to like this because this guy is sort of not taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Where right. everyone else is, even like the, the droids are funny, but they're still taking it seriously because they're, they're in this world. Like Han Solo is like someone from like our era mm-hmm. like contemporary 70s whatever right he's thrown in there like he like harrison ford was in like american graffiti and stuff right. like that he became like the movie star of he was already that, that guy yeah so it's like 
it was perfect. I mean, and it's funny. Lucas didn't even want to cast him in it. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, because he's a Lucas didn't like reusing actors. Can you imagine it with somebody oh, yeah. else? Like Burt, I think Burt Reynolds. It would not. Have I worked. can't yeah, no, imagine. No, no, no. I honest to God, I cannot imagine anybody else. I mean, maybe some unknown that we haven't. Yeah, but I, it, I can't. I mean, and maybe uh, maybe in an alternate universe, who knows? We would have accepted it because he might. Yeah, have maybe job, if we didn't know, we're just used to it. Richard Dreyfus or something like oh that. Oh my god! Uh, but um, I know. So you know, Harrison Ford was friends with Lucas already, and then he just read. He helps with the auditions, so he's reading for Han during the auditions and everything like that. And he just did everything he could to make Lucas realize, hey. It's me or no one else. Yeah. And that was really, that might be the most important role in the whole movie, really, because it, it helps it's create pretty, a sense of like, who am I supposed to be rooting for in this? Who's, who am I supposed to empathize with? And, well, and he's the guy that calls BS, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and by the way, just circling back for a mini moment to um, uh, C3PO and, and R2, they're, they're a comedy duo. That's mm-hmm. how they're set oh, yeah. up. Like Laurel and Hardy kind of thing. Yeah. Laurel and Hardy. Um, one's short, one's tall, yeah. one's this way, one how, speaks funny. Hardy Costello. How did they move the, the R2-D2 back in the day? It was like three R2s. It was like uh-huh. Kenny there, in a in an outfit. Yeah. It was a remote control one. And then there was one inanimate one that so, they posed, I believe. So they did have a remote control to make. They had one for okay. movement. And then. It uh, was a specially made suit. So you had Kenny Baker in there. Yeah. And there was a suit. And they had like um, uh, people were manipulating all the different parts and stuff. Okay. Like and that then there was work, also yeah. a uh, remote. Uh, well, why am I missing my words? Like for control the audio for all of that. They even had okay. somebody for something for that. Okay. But can you guys imagine like the you know those two droids? Like you're in the middle of the desert, like with Tunisia, and like it's sweating. It's like so yeah. hot, and you're gonna be in these freaking metal oh suits. Oh my god! Anthony Daniels must have been oh, awful. I I good for. I mean. It was worth it. Definitely. It's a metal it's, suit. It's awful. Wait, uh, actually, I don't know if it's metal. I don't. I don't uh, do we it, know it whether C three PO was, was it just probably looks, yeah, something like or was it. it plastic? Let's see. I don't think plastics were advanced enough then. I, I bet don't it think was so. tin or something with foil on it. It's possible. But then they also did a good job just with the costume. It actually oh, looks God. like a real robot. And Back to so many I, things that they were groundbreaking on. But but yeah. I, think, I think nowadays they they wouldn't have gotten away with just putting someone in a suit just like that. Um, they would have wanted to to mix in some VFX uh, on top of it. Right. Well, they ended up doing VFX for the prequels at one point, mm-hmm. so to get over it, so because mm-hmm. that's uh, that was rough. Mm-hmm. So back to that question I asked before: Did mm-hmm. Star Wars ruin Hollywood? What do you all think? Because now we're in an age where it's not independent movies like they were back in the seventies. It's all like high, like big budget tentpole releases. It's all going to be well, blockbusters. So the producer would say it did and it didn't mm-hmm. reason being yeah. not safe answer for real mm-hmm. I, it did because it showed hollywood that you could make a movie for 10 million dollars mm-hmm. and make 700 percent on that mm. okay so they were realizing these numbers that they had never i i hazard a guess what else had grossed 700 million dollars at that point uh jaws was the, the highest grossing was, film for a it- bit was it out already, Jaws? Jaws, Jaws came out before, okay. yeah. yeah. Because they, I know that in the history of of movies, they do say that Jaws is the first blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. But then Star Wars like followed it up and it's like, yeah. okay, here we go. But it's, it's, the like, same, it's the same people. It's the same group of friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's like, you know, Apple didn't have this first smartphone, but they... they they made a popular kind of thing. They yeah. showed it. And in history, they will be remembered as the one. But, oh, yeah. But then I would, I would say that maybe Jaws is what ruined first... But, but I'm saying like you know Josh started it but then Star Wars said this is not Josh wasn't a mistake it wasn't a one time thing mm. it happened again and, and now we're going to do it okay. again and again I mean even like I think well Godfather Part 2 and Empire Strikes Back everyone's like why are you making sequels no one's going to they've already right, seen the story the concept of a sequel back <laughs> yeah. then was can you imagine foreign. that a, a Hollywood executive going no we don't want a sequel we don't want a franchise you're going to make another one of these <laughs> yeah yeah that's so well, confusing people just didn't realize back in the day that people would get it Attached to certain yeah, characters. Yeah, I mean, the films. story's not done. Yeah. <laughs> and you have a, us growing up with this stuff where it's like we feel like. Part of our childhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our childhood. I mean, my childhood basically was Star Wars, actually. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, you, you just grow up to it, grow up with it, and you're just obsessed with it. And it never leaves you. Even if you get, like, fed up with some of the movies or Unfortunately. you grow out of it, you don't really ever grow out of out of Star Wars. Once you love oh, it, never. you're always going to love it forever. I, I had problems viewing it as an adult still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, 
sorry, I have Probably. access to it. I'm able to view it. I just meant there was still the kid in me. It I I lost myself in it again. Yeah, that moment's yeah. like, I'm like, wait a minute, you're supposed to be paying attention to this. You're going to talk about this in two days, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But uh, I I got lost in it like popcorn. I literally mm-hmm. had popcorn. Yeah, and that's what this is all about. We're, we're remembering what got us into this, how it inspired people. Like mm-hmm. James Cameron, I mean, when he was a freaking truck driver mm-hmm. when he saw it in theaters and like came out like, okay, I got to make this. I'm, His I'm story's crazy. Yeah, yeah people, It makes people dream because movies is there the closest, it's the closest thing we're ever going to get to seeing the dream like yeah. become a reality. So it didn't dream. ruin Hollywood. It brought it closer to everybody to realize that like these are your dreams i would say so i mean my hope with the movies i make is that it inspires people one day to to get into it as well and yeah and everything you never know who you might be influencing so despite whatever i don't know how lucas really feels about star wars anymore because yeah. it seems like a mixed bag to him he's but probably he, bitter and he yeah, mixed. But, but i mean he he changed everything he influenced he the generations yeah so, i mean like, I'll say this a lot about these movies we're going to be talking in this podcast. It's like a lot of these things, like it feels like it, it had to happen. And there's a clear mm-hmm. distinction of, you know, science fiction and fantasy. Everyone to categorize Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It was movie making before Star Wars and movie making after Star Wars. It changed everything. I mean, still, when you take into account inflation, still like what the, the fourth highest grossing movie of all time. With inflation, it's it grossed oh, three point four billion dollars. That's ridiculous. Huge. Just pretty much in the U.S., like it's, it didn't go to a lot of countries. Like, international yeah. box office weren't weren't things back then. Mm-hmm. It'd be like going back and saying, "Did green screen change anything?" Yeah, a little bit. You know what I mean? Well, it's also, like, also yeah, of course it did. Well, yeah. the thing is, also back in those days, the movies could stay in the movie theater for months. Yeah, yeah, everything and goes then, to streaming right away. I, I don't know if we can look it up quickly enough, but I bet you Star Wars. I bet you it re-released. I bet you it was in theaters for close to a year and got re-released. Totally. And then how, how oh, yeah. far away was the VHS release from Star Wars? Were VHS even a thing? I, no, it was not. I don't it wasn't, think it wasn't until, until at least VHS a decade later. was like late, yeah. early 80s. Let's see, VHS release. Something like mid 80s or something like that. Oh, 85. There was, a, there was yeah. a Sony thing first, right? I don't know. But here's the thing. I, I only own four VHS tapes still. My grandmother got me the original Star Wars trilogy on VHS and it was a fourth one that was like the making of the movies. And okay. I still have that. It's like, she's she's gone now for over a decade, but I'll keep those oh. for as long as, forever, basically. I, actually, I should try to see if they still work. I'm sure I they do. I can't talk about the VHS tapes that I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have two uh, family, mm-hmm. uh, like 50th wedding thing. Like okay. My family, because they were all on camera, were like, oh, we should, we should video this. And that was kind of like unusual. It was like just starting to be a thing. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, my I, grandparents did. I think I got rid of all my VHS tapes, but nowadays they're popular again. So maybe Cassettes I are mistake. coming back too. If you've, oh, got yeah, a, if you've got a single, like if you're an artist, like that's a thing now. Well, yeah. we know vinyl did. This is, the, this is the first year in history of music since vinyls became less popular that vinyls have sold more than CDs. They finally I heard about that. Yeah. 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 I would love to be able to watch like the original Star Wars, like not modified at all in a theater again. Oh, That'd be God. great. Yeah. I they did, they did it a couple of years ago, right? I'm sure they have one point, but they are, they are going to do a, a 40th anniversary screening of Return of the Jedi, like I think in a week or two. So okay. I'm planning on seeing, we should all go see that actually. Okay. Like when we sure. do Return of the Jedi. Like legit? I don't think so. No. I, I think there was probably something that Disney signed when they bought it that they either release. they can't or it's going to be a long time before they release the unaltered version. Yeah, because even the, the ones that you saw that, that had the VFX, t- the original VFX, yeah. it was probably like some sort of fan-made thing, right? Yeah, they took like the Laserdisc version and they yeah. sort of like, I think they, they tweaked it a little bit here mm-hmm. and there, but it's not the original original. You just reminded me of something. So yeah. my uncle was the cinematographer and a, and a cameraman and when he passed, I think, I'm trying to think, I think I have Return of the Jedi. Okay, so he had a Laserdisc player, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was like the size, it's like a CD, but the size of like a record, mm-hmm. uh, an LP. And I have like 40 or 50 of those. And I think I have, I know I have Jaws. I think mm-hmm. I might have, what you call it in it? I think you I might check have and see. Return that, of the that's... Jedi or Star Wars. Or, yeah. Maybe we can watch an unaltered version. Yeah. On the, D, on the what is it? Laserdisc, Laserdisc. player yeah. uh, on my huge... 150 we should do that that'd be awesome that'd That'd be be awesome uh you know i forgot we'll just say one thing that i feel like a lot of people probably made this mistake when they first watched this kids Mm. 
I did, thought they weren't called lightsabers. I thought they were called life savers. Oh, oh I didn't. And I was wondering what flavors they were. Like, so like, <laughs> the Jedi would have like what blueberry or blue raspberry, and like the Sith would be. Well, they didn't call they didn't call them Sith. There was no mention of Sith. Like, no, did you no. imagine that they like licked it or something? Maybe I don't know. Because it was the saber cuts. But <laughs> they would be cherry, and then like my favorite flavor of life savers as a kid was butterscotch. So the new Ahsoka trailer that you're doing the show for mm-hmm. Disney Plus, right? Okay. They have orange lightsabers. Now, so I'm like butterscotch flavored lightsabers. lightsabers. I love it. What I love is that this is the commonality of childhood too. Is the association with blue is raspberry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah which is like how is that? Yeah, blue, blue raspberry. Thanks, now. guys. But yeah. speaking of lightsabers, we should talk about the choreography. Oh, oh my gosh! We yeah, it touch was, on. We could literally do three of these. We could. Well, yeah. we will be one. For well, each. I mean, three on. Yeah, yeah. We can do three yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. On um, Star Wars. So there, there's a who, who is the, the the blade master on this? Um, but David Prowse, who again was the actual physical Darth Vader, kept breaking the fake lightsabers they used. Were, were they plastic at that point? We oh, by the way, I googled or I, I duck ducked and I couldn't find out what C three PO's costume was made of. I think it had some pieces of plastic in it, it and lights and Bob I, Anderson. Yeah, yeah, and I know they, because them. they because they were I think they were they were lit because they wanted to have the the color go the glow. On the, yeah, on the actors and back in those days they didn't have. I know it's a thing. Like you now. can get them for like 127, mm. 128 bucks. Mm. Well, the, the thing I like the most about the Star Wars sequel ones that Disney made is that the lightsabers actually like the light. The one that now they light the actual actors. So yeah, that's, that's what you were saying. That's what you Okay. Yeah. I was looking at Bob Anderson, so I completely missed it. Okay. Like it. Two times now, guys. But yeah, you see, it doesn't interact with anything. When the lightsabers on, it's like, oh, it's just there. It isn't yeah. really like, and you can even see like on David's face, right? You see the blue light because he got some mm-hmm. blue light up there. Yeah. That's that's what we're talking about here. Blue and red. Clearly, one of the good guys. And also, and also one, and also one way to to say why sometimes the lightsaber can cut through a wall, and other times it just hits someone and it doesn't really cut them is the fact that the lightsabers are not circular, but they are more like swords. But because they have the light, it looks like a circle. But there's a blunt side and there's a sharp side. Yes. So yeah. So that's kind of interesting. I literally had this conversation with with another one of my friends who's an even bigger Shawers nerd than me. Like he was like, "Oh, this is that." Like. That, it makes sense. I think yeah. you told me yeah. about that. Yeah, but I don't yeah. know if they if they actually planned it that way, and then people later on could have been convenient after I, the fact. I feel like, because well, that's because it's hitting flat. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also could be that some people have the force, so they they don't get hit the same uh, also, way because they're able to. David, to it, was, it was written in the script. Um, it was right. So, that's, that's okay. The, that's the was role. it? But yes. Um. So David Prowse played the physical Darth Vader, but during the sword fights for I think the the second two movies, it was this guy. Um, Bob Anderson, who was actually doing it because uh, David Prowse couldn't really mm-hmm. fight properly and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, for and the effects, they stabbed James Earl Jones repeatedly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> sure, for the sure. Audio. Yeah. But to give you an idea, this guy, Bob Anderson, he also did the sword fighting choreography for Highlander, Three Musketeers, Princess oh. Bride, Zorro, Lord of the Rings, oh, all this okay. stuff. So, God, we could he, almost make a. God. We should actually, when we talk about Empire Strikes Back next time, we are going to go over him more um because there's this amazing behind the scenes photo which i don't want to spoil or anything like that mm-hmm. but um speaking of that well uh is there anything else we should talk about we're we're almost at the hour i think now we're at oh yeah we're we're getting close there is there anything that, that really stood out as being i didn't remember that as a kid well, or like one, it was like one thing work? I, one thing that i didn't huh. understand and i think you did mention to me once that it made sense is the fact that uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi just looks at Luke and gets hit on purpose and dies. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So the original draft of the script, Obi-Wan Kenobi survived. Oh, But then he's oh. just hanging out in the rebel base doing nothing, and everyone's like, why oh. isn't he doing anything? That's weird. So they're like, uh, let's just kill him off. So they killed him off. Oh, because oh. it just felt so wrong. Well, now I'd yeah. like to I'd say I something, mean, but I don't want to spoil it can, for anybody that he, hasn't seen the whole Yeah, world. Can he just go back to Tatooine and like no, chill? He, and they, they once in a while him. still come and do the force? Yeah. He can do whatever he wants. He can be the guy in the bar. Like, yeah. Hey, sweetheart, let me show you something. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I mean, uh, if they were to make it today, which is a horrific thing to say, but terrible they probably would have made it a little more like, okay, why did he actually have to die? And like the lightsaber didn't cut his hood or anything like that. He no. just... It's just instantly vanished. And then they or, decided after the fact, sorry for yawning, they, they're they like, oh, well, we need him again. 
basically like from a story point of view they're like oh wait we need him again oh, he's a ghost yeah. now yeah force ghost yeah of course it makes perfect sense to me but yeah <laughs> okay. that, that is a little weird but that's that's what was the reason of course in the original the star wars thing i think it wasn't it wasn't so it was luke star killer luke star killer luke skywalker was the old jedi general and then anakin star killer was like the hero and of course they rearranged things Boy, and stuff so like that. that okay. they rethought some of that yeah, and han solo and chewbacca were like the same character he was like some weird like green space alien kind oh, of thing yeah. but that would have been so bad yeah but it's amazing like, these movies that we love so much like they could have been we, different in so yeah, many ways and horrible like, ways the fact that we got what we got i mean it's almost magical it's mm-hmm. It well, does feel kind of like fate sometimes. I don't really necessarily believe in fate or destiny, which even though Star Wars is all about that kind of thing, but I believe in the force. Yeah, if only it was real, right? I think um I think well the thing is that oh, it's real. somebody needed Not to do real. something at one point. If Lucas hadn't done something, somebody would have created something else. Yeah, I mean, and it's there. It would have evolved somehow, even if it was five years later or whatever yeah. it was. Someone would have created it. might not have been in space, but it would have been something else with VFX like they did. And it would have created that same kind of movement. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, like, it would have happened. Yeah, it's just that they were the ones that did it and they were connected with those people and they all said let's push this way let's let's motivate each other and that's how it happened but yeah because these movies that are cultural milestones they tap into something that's there in society that we uh Mm -hmm. like that's there yeah yeah Yeah. so it's like someone's gonna make something that's Mm -hmm. gonna have a similar impact now i mean that's not no disrespect to george lucas or or anyone who did it like Mm -hmm. he touched on it he made it it's his Mm -hmm. but yeah it's 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 amazing how these movies are again they, they feel like they're meant to happen and that's exactly. a magical thing. And I think that is the perfect yeah. place to end on the first episode yeah. of the Anti-Matter Movies podcast. Um, if you all made it this far, thank you very much for watching. Please uh, go ahead and leave a positive comment, review, comment, subscribe, whichever platform you're on. You know you know what social media is all about. We're just trying to... Unless social media is dead when you see this and you're watching us on some other platform yeah. and everybody's long since deceased. Yeah, and you're studying this in a galaxy far, far like, away. Right? <laughs> maybe, like maybe like Wookiees are going to find this podcast one day what the and they're going to be like... Wow, these guys were like the sages of their of their civilization. What language are they speaking? <laughs> oh. oh no, Our, what we're talking about is universal. So they'll understand us for sure. Oh. <laughs> I don't think so. We're anyway. speaking the universal language. The linguistic <laughs> skills of a Wookiee are highly underrated. <laughs> I agree. Anyway, well, once again, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Uh, next episode, we're going to be discussing uh, Back to the Future Part One. BGGF. What? Yes, and then we'll eventually get to the other Star Wars movies. Of course, Empire Strikes Back is. Is, is Revenge of the Jedi. <laughs> the original title, which I would prefer that one, but cool. All right, everyone. Bye, guys. Talk Bye. to you soon. Bye. Thanks for being here.